It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You damn right. Hope you're having a good Tuesday. It's a busy Tuesday for us around here. We're talking all flex finalists. I told you if you're a Cowboys fan, you'd be watching last night. And boy, did you see a good example of why you got to be paying attention to Tampa Bay. We'll get into that. Longhorns have a big game at MSG. Let's go. I'm Chad Hastings. It's Chad and Zay. The Zay part is this man, Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? What's goody, Chad? What up, everybody? It's been a terrific day here at the Horn, getting out all these high school players for our, our flex finalists. It's been a great day. Happy birthday, E. Hogan. I heard that earlier in the morning show. The 5 The 5 The half Big a- David Robinson. The half a hundy? Yeah, man. Ooh, wow. Yeah. He looks good for 50. He looks phenomenal he for looks 50. He looks good for 50. I know he'd be looking at them carbs and whatnot, so yeah. it's, it's paid off for him. He looks good for 50. I've looked 50 for about 15 years, <laughs> but he looks really good for 50 today. I'm not even quite there yet. Happy birthday to our man, E. Hogan. All right, let's go ahead and get right in here. Specs, set, piece. We'll talk a little bit about last night and then transition to the Cowboys. The Specs Set Piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. Cheer on Verde with Specs' larger selection of world-class wines, spirited spirits, and craft beers. Score more at Specs, official partner of Austin FC. All right, and by the way, shout out to uh, our man Zeg, uh, a great get cowboy-wise. We're going to talk to Haley Sutton, a reporter for the Cowboys, studio analyst, does podcasts, and a lot of uh, cool things for the Cowboys. We'll get her perspective uh, from the inside of this team coming up at about 20 Twelve ten, but we'll lead into it with last night's game again. I told you to watch because that may be the Cowboys' opponent. And uh, last night, the Saints controlled the game for fifty-five, fifty-six minutes. It was sixteen to three, and then Zay Tom Brady was Tom Brady. They found a couple of drives. That's what I'm talking about. Yesterday, if you let the Bucks play an ugly game, if you keep them in it, that's the kind of thing he can do to you. Yeah, it was absolutely brutal for New Orleans Saints. I mean, to be up 16-3 with about 5-15 left before Brady went on that drive. I mean, you know, if you're a Cowboys fan, you're really angry at Mark Ingram, former Heisman Trophy winner, Alabama Crimson Tide, because he had a play at around 6-0-9. It was like second and A, Andy Dalton threw him the ball, and he could have got the first down. I think he tweaked the hamstring or had a cramp or something. Yeah, something happened And he there. went right out of bounds instead of getting that first down. Yep. The very next play, the Saints run an awful little quick slant, uh, and which didn't work at all to Callaway, who had zero uh, catches yesterday. Then they had to punt, and that's where the run started. Brady drives down the field, got that pass interference call on Mike Evans, which was big. Touchdown. Then another stop. 
And then Brady, it's all she wrote. So uh, you just can't keep them around. That's the scariest thing about Tom Brady. They showed the statistic up yesterday. I was watching the Manning cast of the game mm-hmm. with Peyton and Eli, and it was hilarious because they put the statistic up. Nobody has more comeback wins under a certain amount other than Peyton Manning. Right. And then once he made that last touchdown, first it was a holding because the first one was the Chris Godwin. Then they came back the next few plays. And you're like, oh, he's still going to score. It's Tom Brady. There was never in doubt. And, yeah, he hit that young uh, running back, White. Yeah, Rashad White. Rashad White, and that's all she wrote. But, yeah, Peyton Manning's face when he scored that last touchdown, it was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. He had like a little smirk. Uh This guy here, only him. To have the game that he had on Monday night football, you would think the Saints had his number again. And Tom Brady did what Tom Brady always does, come back victories. Yeah, unbelievable. So the Bucs win at 17-16. And again, if you're a Cowboys fan, right now that would be the matchup for the Cowboys. If they stay in that five spot, they'd have to go to the number four seed. And right now that is... Tampa that gets the Bucks to six and six. Remember the year the Bucks won the Super Bowl with Brady, they were seven and five after twelve games, and then they just didn't lose again. Then they got it going. I'm not saying they're that good this year, but this is about that time when they did figure some things out. So uh, six and six for the Bucks. They still lead that weird NFC South right now, uh, but that is who the Cowboys would play if everything stays the same. If the Cowboys can't catch the Eagles. For the division. Now, we still do have five games for everybody. Uh, and the Cowboys, if they can go get it, what they'll get could be everything. They could not only get, if they get the division, that gets them a home playoff game and it might get them a bye. Because if you go get that division, you may get the one seed. Things are still out there for the Cowboys, but they are two games back of the Eagles. So again, we're going to talk to uh, Haley Sutton coming up here in just a second. If you're on Twitter, you can give her a follow at underscore Haley Sutton. She is uh, new to the Cowboys this year, but a Texan by birth. We'll get a little bit of her story for you so you can become more familiar. Uh, But she uh, has been doing work for the Cowboys this season and uh, interested to get her thoughts on kind of where this team is because it feels like they are in such a good spot, not just scoring 54 points, but just feels like a solid culture in Dallas. It feels like a place you'd want to play. Now the question is, do they want OBJ to play there? We'll certainly get Haley's thoughts on it. I'm sure she's asked a player or two about Odell Beckham Jr. He did go to the Mavericks game last night. He got the chanting last night of OBJ because Cowboys fans uh, in the house would certainly love to see him wear the star. Uh, of course, coming up at 12.30, we'll get you a preview of Texas and Illinois. Big matchup tonight at Madison Square Garden. And in the 1 o'clock hour, our All-Flex finalists. We're going to take a breath this hour from the All-Flex finalists in terms of the announcements. We will get into the linebackers and D-line coming up in the at the top of the 1 o'clock hour. And uh, our man Cameron Parker is going to come in from the Flex crew to help us with that. All right, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline and talk to Haley Sutton of the Dallas Cowboys. Studio analyst does a lot of things for the Cowboys. An insider perspective because she gets to talk to a lot of these guys. It's got to be good conversations right now. Haley, we appreciate the time. How are you? Hey, guys. Doing good. It's a chaotic day today, so a good day to... 
be on the radio, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of chaos going on. Uh, I know, but but right now it feels like a lot of good chaos with the Cowboys coming off of a 54 point performance. Uh, but then yesterday was OBJ day. So, do you have any updates for Cowboys fans on the OBJ situation? Yeah, well, I was just in the middle of listening to Jerry Jones speak on the radio. I got about halfway through. Uh, the biggest thing is that Jerry talked about was that this is a deal that's going to have to be good for both parties. I know uh, that the overarching conversation has been get OBJ here no matter what, but it's been interesting to see Jerry kind of go into business mode uh, and strategically kind of talk about, you know, we want to make sure that we are also getting the best thing for our buck out of OBJ because you got to remember, I mean, this is an ACL injury coming off of. It's not an ankle sprain or even a knee sprain. It's a major surgery. Um, he's not working out with the team. As far as we know, he did have a medical um, done yesterday with the medical staff. Um, they looked at all of the MRIs and so everything seems good, but something interesting that Jerry just talked about actually uh, when he was asked, you know, how confident are you in signing a guy without seeing him work out? He said, I'm not. <laughs> which is, like I said, just a little bit of a wrench in just this whole conversation. Um, I know he's got one more day with the Cowboys today. He's meeting with the leadership staff, so that typically comprises of Dak, uh, Zach Martin, some of the older veteran guys on the team. So we'll be interested to see how that goes, and then we'll get a chance to talk to the guys tomorrow after practice. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it, it, it's interesting how it's developing Um especially given the timing of everything, the wide receivers that are already on the roster kind of stepping up and really being impact players the way we expected them to be. So just a lot of developments to keep up with. Yeah. Haley Zaycall, you're here. The Cowboys are two games behind the Eagles in the division, and they have five games left, two against teams that they should beat, and the last three games are going to get pretty tough. Is there any sense of urgency that the Cowboys need to get to that number one spot ahead of the Eagles, or are they confident enough to be sitting at number five, especially with everything's happening with Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady and the Bucks don't look as good? Are they good where they're at? I mean, as cliche as it sounds, I think no team has really embraced the one game at a time mantra more than the Dallas Cowboys because it's not a secret that they've been inconsistent all year. They play, you know, fantastic games like they did against the or um, excuse me, the Vikings, but then the week before they played the way they played against the Packers. So I really think that this is a team that because they are leaning on so much rookie experience, they absolutely cannot get ahead of themselves. And, and they'll tell you all day tomorrow, Mike McCarthy will tell you in every single press conference. Right now we're just focused on our next opponent, which just so happens to be the Texans next week. I think they got a really, uh, I'm going to use the word lucky for lack of better terms, but getting a slate where you draw the Giants and then you get the Colts and then you get uh, the Texans and then the Jaguars, I think that's a really good slate, especially coming off of what they did right before that bye week. Um, and so I think it's just a matter of focus on the task at hand, which right now is the Texans. Now it would be silly to say that they haven't had that Eagles game circled on the calendar since they lost, you know, back um, a few weeks ago. So it's definitely been at the forefront. I think everything that they've been working on up until that point will go into effect for Eagles week. So it's, I'm sure it's something that they have, you know, circled. And even that last game against the Commanders is going to come down to being a big one too. Um, but as far as the playoffs go, I think this team is really peaking at the right time. And my favorite thing about them is the accountability that they've had. You know, the big issue uh, prior to Sunday's game was penalties, the second most penalized team in the NFL. And they had a lot of conversations in that locker room. They were calling people out during meetings and really working through 
you know, that issue. And they've done that with every single issue they've had in the past. The run defense is another really good example of that. So I really think the strength of this team is just focusing on the now, which will kind of set them up to be successful in the future. Talking Cowboys with Haley Sutton here on the Horn. Again, if you want to give her a follow, Cowboys fans, at underscore Haley Sutton. That's H-A-I-L-E-Y on Haley. Uh, Haley, in terms of this team progressing, obviously coming off of, you know, coming through the DAC injury and then getting him back acclimated with this team, uh, talk about Dak. Kellen Moore, the way this offense has come together, knowing what they have on defense, knowing kind of what the the character of this team is, how have you noticed Dak and Kellen Moore adjusting? Because to me, it really feels like they're comfortable with kind of where they were in that Colts game, around 30 attempts for Dak. They don't want to go too much over that, over 30 carries for these running backs. I think a lot of Cowboys fans, this one included, likes those numbers. What do you think Dak and Kellen Moore think of it, though? Yeah, I think I think there was one game, and I'm blanking on the game that it was at. Um, I want to say it was the Packers game where Dak threw over 40 passes, and you saw they were just out of sync. They didn't play well. He had those two really bad interceptions in the game that ultimately, I think, proved to be the demise. It wasn't even the going for it on the fourth down in OT. It was those two interceptions. Uh, and Dak and Kellen have both talked about all season since he's returned uh, that the theme of the offense is to be aggressive. I mean, and Dak talks about it every single time. He, he told us last week um, during locker room, uh, before the Colts game, he was asked, you know, some of those passes that you're making, like, is that really the right decision? And he said, I'm never going to apologize for being aggressive. That's the way Kellen and I have kind of worked through our relationship. That's how I want to play. And a lot of times it pays off. You look at the um, pass interference call that Noah Brown got late in that, I believe it was, Late third quarter, early fourth quarter, they got the pass interference call drawn because that was an aggressive throw by Dak Prescott. So I think for the most part, it pays off. But I really think it just comes down to the trust. It's taken so long for Dak because he did come in late because of that injury. It took him a while to reestablish that chemistry with the guy. So now you're seeing, you know, CeeDee Lamb. Everyone's like, where's CeeDee Lamb been all year? He's supposed to be wide receiver one. Well, now he's starting to get that chemistry with Dak Prescott. Michael Gallup, a guy who's coming off of an ACL injury, finally starting to look like the Michael Gallup of old, being that deep threat, that aerial threat. We saw that on display on Sunday. Uh, keeping Noah Brown in the mix, I think, has been really helpful. And then you mix in these two rookie tight ends and Dalton Schultz. I mean, this, the offense is finally coming together. But you mentioned the run game. I think the run game has been the most consistent part of this team, especially as of late in developing the offense. Um, and I think once the team started embracing the fact that they are a run first offense, you started to see everything click. And I know the conversation has been, you know, well, Tony Pollard is better. We, we want Tony over Z, blah, blah, blah. But they really are so complimentary to one another because they have what each other needs. And so when you have two different options, you have a bruiser who's going to come in, he falls forward. You know, he's going to break through on those third downs. He's a physical, aggressive runner in this Ezekiel Elliott. And then you've got a guy like Tony Pollard who's topping almost 20 miles per hour on some of these carries. I mean, it's just insane the strength that they both bring to this offense. And so now that you've kind of got all the pieces clicking together, possibly bringing in an Odell Beckham, Kellen Moore described this as him being like a kid in a candy store now that the things are kind of starting to get on track. And so it's been really fun 
just to see that development. And it's no shade to Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush came in and he did what he needed to do. But the reality is, is Cooper's not the guy, at least not in Dallas. He might be the guy next year somewhere else, but he just doesn't have that aggressiveness that Dak Prescott plays with. And that's Helen Moore is really trying to design this offense around. Haley, this defense is top tier, and it all starts with Michael Parsons, and Dan Quinn's really been maneuvering these guys around and putting Michael Parsons in the best situations possible, where I think he's going to be Defensive Player of the Year this season. What has this defense meant to this whole team, and how do you see this defense? Because Michael Parsons seems like just a fun guy. I see him on Twitter all the time. He's always talking about Madden and stuff. We saw him last night with OBJ and Trayvon Diggs and whatnot it just looks like the camaraderie is there in the locker room and on the field yeah it's so funny when people talk about Micah Parsons because you know like you forget that Micah's literally what like 23 years old and he is every bit of 23 Mm. everywhere else but the field you know what I mean like he plays like such a veteran already it's we just sometimes around here have to remind ourselves that he's just in his second season and so when you think about the development he's made in just two years in the NFL, it is, I mean, it's terrifying for other teams to think about what he's going to look like in year three, year five, year seven, even, you know, down the stretch. So for Micah to be doing what he's doing at the age that he's doing it out, I mean, we've just, we've run out of adjectives. We've run out of ways to describe how important he is to the defense here in Dallas. But I think what's been even more impressive is that everybody else around him is stepping up as well. You've seen guys like Leighton Vander Esch, you know, leading the team in tackles, really finding his form again. You've got rookies like Damone Clark coming off of a spinal fusion who wasn't even supposed to play this season. And now he went from maybe he's going to get special teams minutes to, oh, Anthony Barr has a hamstring injury, get in there and play 85% of the defensive snaps and make an impact. I mean, he had that strip sack that led to – it wasn't a strip sack, but he had that fumble, forced fumble that led to Malik Hooker's touchdown on Sunday, a rookie. And just all across the board, you've seen the depth on display. You've seen guys in the secondary. I just mentioned Malik Hooker, how valuable he's been. J. Ron Kurse has been such a leader on the team. Donovan Wilson blasting through the middle on Sunday to take <laughs> down Matt Ryan. I mean, it, it's it, to me, there is nothing that this defense cannot do in my mind. I think every single person on on the defense can, can do whatever you ask of them. They're physical, they're tough, they're resilient. You know, resiliency is being for this year for the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy coined that, and I just don't think he could have picked a better word. And so it's, it's interesting, too, because it, it took them probably about three or so weeks when Cooper, when they finally recognized what Cooper Rush, you know, he's going to average about 150 yards and really kind of stay in that comfortability level, um, you know, behind center. That's when they kind of started embracing. And Mike McCarthy even told us, he said, yeah, we're a defense first team. We're not going to shy away from that. We're not going to sit here and pretend like that's not our strength. And so I think they've just really leaned into it. And Sunday, to me, was the ultimate display of what this team is capable of all across the board. Yeah, it was so impressive to watch. Uh, Haley, before we let you go, uh, first off, I saw on Twitter that uh, this cow- the, the gig with the Cowboys is a homecoming for you. What part of Texas are you from? <laughs> yeah, it is. I grew up uh, about 45 or so minutes south. I'm from a small high school called Red Oak. So my sister lives in Austin. I have friends in Austin. So um, Texas is my Dallas is my home, but Texas is my place. So 
That's kind of interesting. From Red Oak, Texas. I was born and raised in Waxahachie, Texas, so I know exactly where Red Oak is. Oh, yeah. I know exactly where Red Oak Red Oak Hawks, correct? Yeah, Red Oak Hawks. That is it. That is it. Well, very very cool to hear that, and congrats on getting able to to come back home and cover the team. Love the first visit. We hope it's not the last one. Real quick, give me an offensive and defensive player for the Cowboys that you just love talking to. You know, oh man, I'm going to talk to this guy. It's going to be a great time. Oh man, uh, offense for sure, and everybody makes fun of me around here. I am like the tight end's biggest fan. Uh, there we go. I just did a sit down uh, with Peyton Hendershot last week, um, getting to know him a little bit better and his story, and and you know the chip that he plays with. But him and Jake Ferguson are just, I mean, they are just hilarious. The the whack a mole celebration that they did against <laughs> the Giants is like the epitome. <laughs> and so by far, whenever I need to pick me up, I'm going to chat with them. Zeke is also a very close second. Um, I have a lot of fun uh, chatting with him. He's just a really cool, down-to-earth guy. Uh, defensively, mm, I would probably go with J. Ron Kurtz. I think hmm. Kurtz has a really good personality. We bond a lot because we're both very into fashion. Uh, so a lot of times we compare outfits or, you know, we're talking, you know, about – the latest fashion trends and stuff. He's incredibly trendy. So um, I would probably have to say Jaron Curse. Very cool. One more real quick from Zach. Hey, Haley, what's up with the fines? I saw uh, the tight ends got fined a hefty amount for that whack-a-mole uh, celebration. Is Jerry taking care of that or what's going on? <laughs> so um, the celebration was funny. I actually asked Peyton about that and uh, they, it was Jake Ferguson's idea is what Peyton told me. Jake is the kind of, uh, creative mastermind behind all of the things that they do. But they went to the leadership council, specifically Dak and Zach Martin, and, and said, hey, we want to do this. Can we do it? And basically the stipulations were we have to be up by two touchdowns, and if you guys get hit with a fine, you know, we'll take care of it. And Peyton's big thing was like, listen, like, I don't want to get a fine because I'm not drafted like some of these guys. You know, I don't have the money <laughs> like some of these other guys do. Um, so, I mean, we knew they were going to get fined. It goes back to when Zeke did it, you know, whenever back the first time and he got hit and then turned it into an annual thing where he donates the money to the Salvation Army or whatever. Zeke's going to get one too. Him and Dak will get one probably later this week. It's just the NFL. Um, how can I put this nicely so I don't lose my job? Uh, trying to keep things neutral, <laughs> if you will. So, uh, Unfortunate part of a fun celebration, but I'm sure they will have no issues taking care of those fines. Very nice. Uh, kids, that is Haley Sutton, at underscore Haley Sutton on Twitter. Give her a follow. Haley, really enjoyed the first visit, and uh, hopefully we can do it again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank, Thank you so Haley. much. Now, Zay, I trust your, your recruiting abilities. I trust your talent evaluation. All you had to say was there's a badass reporter from the Cowboys from Red Oak. That is all you had to say. That is right there in my neck of the woods. That's fantastic. That y'all's rival or something? It is. I, at times, I guess it's been a rival. Red Oak is a smaller community outside of Waxahachie that's even smaller than Waxahachie was. Oh, damn. So she grew up in a town even smaller than the one I grew up in. Right. But, yeah, I, we had friends, and you would kind of intermingle with folks from Red Oak. If you're headed to Dallas a certain a certain way on small roads, you're going to end up going through Red Oak. So that's okay. very cool. Um, good to talk to her. Good Cowboys stuff there. Cowboys and Texans on Sunday. It will be 
a noon kick. And if you're interested in a watch party, we're uh, going to have the crew up at Anchor Bar up there in Round Rock, La Frontera area. The Bills game is on at the same time. Uh, there's a Bills connection there with that bar, but also Cowboys and Texans will be on. So get out there, whether you love the Cowboys or the Texans or maybe both. Want to get out there and check it out. Noon kick. All right, coming up tonight, it's Texas and Illinois in hoops. We'll get you a preview of that. I got some more NFL stuff for you in the crap bag. And then next hour, we will get back to the all-flex finalists because you know what? It's been a few minutes since we upset a parent or coach or teammate, so we're going to get back to that at 1 o'clock. Linebackers, D-linemen coming up at 1 o'clock. We're even going to bring in Cameron Parker from the Flex team and blame it all on him. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Oh my god. Dude, there are things better in this world than disco stones, but sometimes there's nothing more fun than disco stones. Wait, they had different eras? Emotional Rescue by the Stones. I refer to this era as disco stones. stones. When the Rolling Stones felt like they were trying to grab... One thing I love about them is they'll tell you what era they're in if you listen carefully. And this song came out during that era where they were trying to figure out how do we work into this world, you know? fire. I love this song. Miss You came out of this era. An emotional rescue. Oh, my God. Later in the song when Mick's doing the talking part, I'll be all night in shining armor. Coming to your emotional rescue. It's incredible. The first part, you kind of sound like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> he he kind of does, too. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Emotional Rescue by the Stones gets us started today. All right, Rolling Stones, it's Chad and Zay. We just had a good Cowboys conversation with Haley Sutton, reporter for the Cowboys, as they get ready for the Texans. And when you look at what they've got left, you know, how much leeway is there? It's Houston and Jacksonville. You got to get both of those. I hate to say absolutely. I know it's the NFL. I get it. But, Zay, you nailed it. After that, the home game against the Eagles we know is the game of the year right now. But you finish at Derrick Henry and at your man Taylor Heineke. Yeah. And by the time they get to Washington and Tennessee, what's the weather like in Nashville and in Washington when they get there? Who knows? So you have to. You have to beat the Texans. You need to control that game if you can, and you really need to go to Jacksonville and get after Trevor Lawrence. Those are the next two for the Cowboys. Eagles, it's kind of opposite for me because they have at the Giants and at the Bears the next couple weeks, then the Cowboy game, then New Orleans at home, Giants at home. There's still opportunities there. 
you, Zay, I know, and others I've heard talk about the wear and tear factor on the Eagles. Are we going to see that come through? That style eventually has to wear you down a little bit. Are we going to see them slip once? It only needs to be once, and then if the Cowboys beat them, the Cowboys get the tiebreak. Yeah, and against the Titans this past weekend, Jalen Hurts, he didn't run it that much. I know he had that one rushing touchdown on the goal line, but go look at his stats. I don't think he went over 20-something yards on the ground. So they can win in different ways, but they do play with a certain physicality that could be very taxing. I think they'll benefit from that bye week more than a lot of teams will. But, yeah, if you're still the Cowboys, you've got to beat the Texans, you've got to beat the Jaguars just in case because you've got two division matchups with the Eagles and the Giants coming up to end the season. Just yeah. in case, we all know those division matchups, they could be tricky. We saw what happened last night with the Saints and the Bucks. So oh, yeah. you got to take care of your business because you never know. This is the National Football League. If you slip up in one game, that could cost you any given Sunday. So, yeah, the Cowboys, I still think they're in a decent position to maybe get that number one spot, especially if they beat the Eagles in three weeks. Yeah, they uh, may do that. By the way, I need to double-check that title. Because if they beat the Eagles, they would. If they beat the Eagles and had the same record, they would split the season series, and then it would be about the division record. I think is the next thing they go to. So we'll have to double check uh, along the way on if the Cowboys would indeed have a tiebreaker. Because uh, again, you're going to finish with division games for both. So there's a lot to be decided there. Thanks to Haley for her time. All flex finalists. More will be announced coming up. Go to flxatx.com if you want to see the finalists that have already been announced today. But let's get into this basketball game, Zay. I know you're excited about it. Texas and Illinois. I mentioned earlier uh, when covering the Light to Tower hour that I was, Illinois 6-2, and two, but two respectable losses to ranked teams um, this year. And uh, I had forgotten about the T.J. Shannon thing. Yeah. Until I heard Craig's report driving in today. So this is a former Chris Beard player that is now the leading scorer for a Big Ten power. Yeah, averaging a smooth 20 a game. And he's getting that freedom on the offensive end that I don't think Coach Beard or Coach Adams gave him in Lubbock. You know, this is what he's been wanting. He gets to play a lot of point at times. And, yeah, they they give him a lot of freedom, him and Coleman Hawkins. He's a solid player. I know Dane DeJea. I know he's second in scoring, but those games that he had big-time scoring games were against the non-ranked teams that hmm. they played. During, when they played UCLA and they played Virginia and, and they played Maryland the other night, all those games, uh, DeJeha, he doesn't play as much. You're going to see a lot of Coleman Hawkins, who's a stretch four, that could really shoot that thing. He has NBA range. R.J. Melendez, Puerto Rican cat, he could shoot it. He's about 6'6", has long arms. He's getting better every Every game, Jaden Epps comes off the bench, freshman point guard. He's tough. You know, he could do a lot of things with the Rock. And Sky Clark, who I've been watching Sky Clark since he was a freshman in high school because he played on Bronny James' team, LeBron James Jr. Mm. team growing up on the AAU circuit. So he's from California, went to Illinois. He's a former four-star player. So they got a lot of talent. Plus, Matthew Meyer, the Westlake alum, he would have been on our flex basketball list if he would have had yeah, that. Yeah, I forgot about then. that. Yeah, Matthew Meyer, he, he's, it's a dip, it's a weird transition for him going to Illinois because with Scott Drew, Scott Drew gave you the ultimate freedom, especially for him. Like he had the green light where he could shoot step back threes and you know crazy shots with with like seven seconds on the shot clock, and he doesn't necessarily have that 
under Coach Underwood's team yep. in Illinois. So he's still kind of finding his way in this system. And plus, he's just a streaky shooter anyway. So this is going to be a really good matchup for the Horns. I wouldn't say it's a true road test because it's a neutral side, even though Illinois, you would think they would have more fans being closer to New York City. But, yeah, this is going to be a big-time test for the Horns, who we talked to uh, Joe Cook the other day. They're not that high in the net rankings. Like that Creighton win and that Gonzaga win, they're not as big as they were when they happened because Creighton lost in Nebraska and Gonzaga. They've had their, you know, they had a couple losses themselves. So they got to get wins like this because you're not going to have the best schedule until the Big 12 starts. I know you got Tennessee. uh, You got to go up to Knoxville and play against Rick Barnes crew, and you got Stanford also. But that Stanford team, they're not as good. Matchups like this, top 25 matchups, you got to handle your business, and this will be a good test for Chris Beard's team. Yeah, to me it's a tournament test kind of game. Neutral site. You're going to play in arenas that aren't that aren't as big a deal as MSG, but go to an arena that's famous like that. Get the travel in. They're doing stuff, and I was talking to Craig. Like they had stuff that was scheduled because they're in New York, right? Go see a Broadway play, and oh, it could be distracting. Yeah, different things like that, right? Deal with distractions because that's what the tournament's going to be about. If you can deal with Broadway, literally distractions here in New York, you could probably deal with something if they send you off to you know somewhere. You know, Greensboro, North yeah. Carolina, or and Illinois, they, whatever. They've had true road tests this season. They played a couple of tough ones at neutral sites in Vegas. They beat UCLA in Vegas early in the season. Then they lost to Virginia in Vegas. Both of those were neutral. They came. Oh, back see, I didn't realize both. Game. Okay, yeah, they came back recently and they went to Maryland and they lost against a really good underrated Maryland squad. So they've been tested, and yeah, something about Madison Square Garden it just gives guys certain energy. I mean, it's the of basketball for a reason. Hell, Jeremy Lin for three weeks looked like Oscar Robinson. That's what Madison Square Garden does to you. So you know what I'm saying? Like it's a magical place. It's it a really magical is. Magical yeah. place. Heck, it was like got Kobe, Michael Jordan, guys like that that were playing, making all these other places legendary. Because yeah. when Kobe played in LA, it was legendary. When Michael played in Chicago, but they would tell you it was like their favorite place. LeBron, all those guys. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, Marcus Carr, who's been having a terrific season, Tyrese Hunter, we know what he's. Brought to the table since he's transferred in. Serge Jabari Rice has been good. Timmy Allen, he finally had a really good game against Yeah, Creighton. let's see if that keeps going. We gotta let's keep Let's see that if that going. keeps going. Keep yeah. that same confidence. Keep that same en- uh, energy. But, you know, the bigs for the Horns, they're gonna be the X factor for the whole season. Dylan DeSue, Christian Bishop, Brock Cunningham. If those guys can bring a little something to the table every game, we know they're gonna play hard on defense. Dylan DeSue, if he can hit shots from the outside, Christian Bishop, he's had a really good season thus far. If everybody can continue doing what they're doing, then the Horns should be able to get the dub tonight. Uh, by the way, another reason this team needs to show they can deal with distraction. Where's that Final Four again this year? H-Town? Yeah, they would be a team that will be po- – you're going to have different distractions than others. If you're that close, that's a whole other set of distractions you could deal with. Let's see how they deal with MSG tonight. Texas and Illinois, you mentioned Brad Underwood. I'm My household is familiar with him because my wife is SFA. Okay. So she remembers him when he was their coach, and she was crushed when he left. Oh, yeah. They loved Underwood on every level. He's a hell of a coach. So Beard going up against him, that's another great matchup here. Underwood is a badass coach, and that's how he got this job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this Illinois team... 
they have a lot of transfers and freshmen that he plays. So they're still trying to figure out things, but the talent is there for damn sure. And TJ Shannon, he's still a streaky guy, but him being left-handed, that gives him an advantage. Like sometimes he looks like James Harden, and sometimes he looks like a guy that's going to be sent straight to China after his <laughs> college career. So, I, you know, that's, that's just what it is. That, that's what it is. Oh. That's what it's been like for his whole career. This has been his best season because he's the ultimate green light and he's the ultimate number one option for them and this is a personal game because he played for Chris Beard we saw how he was he was like looking at the bench last year when uh, uh the Red Raiders came to the ATX and he hit a big shot and looked right at the bench. oh yeah look right yeah. at Chris Beard yeah. oh it's personal it's yeah. still personal for him, even though he's now playing for his home state, the Chicago native in Illinois. Sounds like two interesting lines. Uh, yes, this is James Harden possibility <laughs> over here. This is you're headed to China right over here. These two lines. Is it, look hey. for the, just look for the sign above you. You'll know which sign, hey, which line. Nothing wrong with China, man. Stephon Marbury, he thrived oh, in China. Yes, I see did. Dwight Howard doing big things in China. If your career is done in the league and you've done your 15 years or so and you've made probably about five All-Star games or something like that, Mm -hmm. they could treat you like a king in China. Money to be made. Yeah. The basketball folks have definitely been telling folks that over the years. All right, coming up, your 1 o'clock hour with the All-Flex finalists. Up next in the crap bag, though, I'll give you some NFL numbers and notes. Two different teams won the turnover battle by two this week and still lost. Tell you who they were on the horn. I like the speed. Hmm. I felt like I'm on drugs just listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) That is fantastic. Okay. Um, interesting. I'm trying to figure out if this is something that would have led to Metallica or something that would happen after the Metallica period. Saxon? Exodus. Exodus. Ooh, a little later. Okay, Exodus. It's good stuff. Bonded by blood. Bonded by blood. Yes, Exodus and the Rolling Stones getting us started. I don't think they were ever on a bill together. They should have been, though. Should have been at some point. Let's get Exodus and the Stones out there on tour. Chad and Zay with you. Coming up in your 1 o'clock hour, our all-flex finalists again. We left, well, we, the, the folks in charge decided that Bucky and Aaron would handle, you know, the high-profile stuff. The pretty positions. Yeah. The ones everybody likes to talk about. Skill stuff. Quarterbacks. Bucky's obviously associated with running backs. Down to his core. So, they talked about running backs today. But, once we got into Light the Tower and that 11 o'clock hour, that is when I jumped in, Craig jumped in, Snoop jumped in, and we got to those offensive linemen. But now, Zay, 
we're going to get the next hour, we're going to get to the guys that try to mess up all your plans. Let's hit some folks. We are going to get to the guys that remind us that this is a contact sport and not flag football. Linebackers and D linemen are coming up next hour. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited. I talked to a few guys we're going to have on this list uh, coming up on Twitter. And just great gentlemen. You wouldn't think that these guys would rip your head off on the gridiron. <laughs> but these guys are class act guys. They thanked us for putting them on the finalist list. And, yeah, this, this has been a very special day from somebody who's played high school sports in this area. This is amazing what the Flex team's doing, what everybody behind the scenes is doing everybody that makes our job easier chad because uh, you and i we just really go to these games and we do our research too but there's so much going on behind oh, the yeah. scenes for people who don't get on these airwaves and yeah we couldn't have done it without them but yeah this has been a fun great day it really has it really has so we'll get more of the defensive side of it also the long snappers oh i just found a piece of information about one of our long snapper finalists that you must know <laughs> about 1.30 or so. So excited. Uh, this kid is talented. All right, coming up, we'll get that uh, for you in the 1 o'clock hour. We'll keep talking NFL. Cowboys peeking in on what the Bucks were doing last night because maybe that's the opponent, or can the Cowboys go get that number one seed? We'll keep talking about that. Longhorns in Illinois and basketball tonight. Real quick crap bag here. We'll hit a little NFL. Let's go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. This one won't take long. That's what she said. In the NFL this week, 8-4 and four, if you win the turnover battle. It's that time of year where you're reminded if you're pretty bad, you can even win the turnover battle by a little bit and you're still going to lose. These four teams did it. New England and Buffalo. New England won the turnovers. They lost the game. The Chargers, here's a shock, the Chargers won turnovers over the Raiders and they ultimately lost that game. That was a weird, clunky kind of NFL game. But check these two out. The Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson, yeah, they were plus two in turnovers against Baltimore and still lost the game. By the way, Zay, how much of that game did you watch? Baltimore, Denver. Did you watch any of it? Way too much. It was red zone for sure, but way too much on red zone. Me too. I think I saw 12 plays and that was 12 too many. (laughs) (laughs) 10 to 9. Good Lord. Like getting individual, like getting individual, you know, eyelash hairs ripped out of my body just unbelievable um is that what those are called are those called eyelash hairs or the whole thing is an eyelash how does that work if i pull an individual one out is that an eyelash yeah lash so the whole thing is an eyelash but the little one is an eyelash well, too? who knows women be wearing them in sets now where you could just go snatch Ooh. it off their face and stuff like that so i don't know ask someone like that what's that chris rock line about you're not dating them you're dating their representative <laughs> <laughs> Both physically and emotionally. All right, and the last one was last night. The Saints. The Saints were plus two in the turnover battle. This is back to the what the Cowboys have to learn from last night. The Saints were plus two in turnovers, and they just let Brady hang around. You cannot let him hang around because he'll find a little rhythm, and he will get it going. By the way, I know it didn't count. How nice was that pass to Chris Godwin in the end zone? Oh, man. How, did he find, how do you find that window? It's amazing. It is amazing yeah. to watch. That's the kind of timing the Cowboys must throw off. It has to be about the defense, the running game. The Saints didn't do near enough in time of possession last night. To That time of possession was basically even. 
And Brady, I'll say it again, a 37.2 QBR, but it didn't matter, Zay, by the end of the game because he got a little rhythm going. They got a couple key calls. By the way, New Orleans, when it's third and long and the Bucks still have that one timeout, you might want to eat that with a run. Yeah, they try to throw it to Taysom Hill, which he could have caught it. They, he got smacked yeah. around pretty good, it, but that was a dart by the Red Rifle. It was a dime by Dalton, though. That I, was a he, dart, boy. He put it right on him, and then Dean, it was a Dean, I think, that made that play to get it, to, yeah. to hit him. Yeah, that was rough. I might have eaten that one and made the Bucks take the time out and punted the ball, because you had to punt anyway. Yeah, if I'm Andy Dalton, Taysom Hill, you're not allowed in the QB room this week. That's BS. Go there with the wide receivers and work on catching from the gun. Because yeah. that's, you know, I know you're a do-it-all guy and whatnot, but you're trying to sabotage my job in my eyes. You want that number one spot? Is uh, that why you dropped that thing? Because what, what do we have to play right. for? We're New Orleans. This is just a conspiracy theory. That's a good conspiracy but theory. I what like do we that. have to play for? We're New Orleans. Taysom Hill could be like, I'm the one scoring all the points. He had a touchdown last night. Yeah, and, and also for Andy Dalton, I, I get that you want to have a good overall demeanor. You don't want to look upset. Why does he now look like he won a contest to become an NFL quarterback? Have you seen that silly smile he's got on all the time? What is he doing? Dude, can <laughs> no, you? I haven't noticed. He looks like he won a contest. Be a quarterback. It's like, I get it. For every time they showed him last night, he just had a goofy grin on his face. Maybe he's just happy that his Horn Frogs are going to get a chance to win the national championship. That's what Aikman said. Aikman said he's so excited <laughs> about TCU. Uh, also, as we come out of this week of the NFL, there are three teams in the NFL that are at 500. I think that's a good sign for the league. The Bucks last night, unfortunately, a playoff team right now, but hopefully they'll get above 500. New England and the Chargers are the other two. So you have 14 teams with a winning record. 15 teams with a losing record in the NFL. I like those numbers. That is, now 14 is the number of playoff teams you get as well, but the fact that you have a clear delineation between winning teams and losing teams and you don't have a lot of average teams right now by record, I think that's good news for the NFL. Cowboys and Texans coming up Sunday at noon. Uh, obviously, we're talking about last night's game. We'll get this weekend set up for you as we roll through the week as well. A little more, little bit of more cleanup today from the things that happened over the weekend. But also today, it is the all-flex finalists. Let's talk linebackers and D-line coming up. We'll get the long snappers in there as well. An extended flex discussion coming right up on the horn.